What in the hell, Vereen, is going on here? Ooh, I don't know. How many Logans are there? How many people have them? How many Logans are too many Logans? I, I, just anything more than one or two, I think. I, I don't know. It's just you get a Logan and you get a Logan. And you get a Logan and you get a Logan. Welcome to the Ex-Wife Podcast. I'm Alicia. And I'm Helverine, bub. We got some comics to talk about today. Yeah, we do. We got some comics that we're going to mention. We got some comics we're going to go in depth on. So let me tell you what those comics are. Please. We're starting with our digis. Love Unlimited, number 61 through 66. Boom. Rogan Gambit. The whole shebang. X-Men Unlimited, number 103. Scarlet Witch, number 8. This is getting us into our tangies. This is like very high level, worth mentioning. Just a couple little points on that one. Magneto, number 2. High level. Worth mentioning. Ghost Rider, Wolverine, Weapons of Vengeance, Omega number one. Low level. <laughs> Immortal X-Men number 15. Lower level. <laughs> and X-Men number 26. The lowest level. When you say it like that, doesn't sound like it's a good thing. And that's <laughs> yeah, why right, I was right. like hesitating every yeah, time I was right. about to speak. I was like, are you... There's some back and forth with the order in my mind. And I've, I've switched... Those last two. Oh, and, yeah. I, I thought mean, you were set. No. On your book of the week. I wasn't. And then I reread them all, and I was like, oh, oh no. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So before we see, we got to get to the news. The news. <laughs> news. News. Wolverine. He's the man on everybody's mind. He's all over the place. He's all over the place. Popping and, up in all the books. And he's in Madripoor for a five-issue miniseries coming in February. Okay, Wolverine. Wolverine, Madripoor Knights with a K. Mm. Oh, yes. the Oh, with a K. With a K. Knights. Knights teaming up with Black Widow and Captain America, spinning out of one of the many fan-favorite singular issues from Chris Claremont's run. Whoa, that's interesting. The three of them will team up in Madripoor across this five-issue series, written by Chris Claremont himself, with Ooh. art by Edgar Salazar, the artist on X-23, Deadly Regenesis, which I really enjoyed. Wow. Yeah. Uh, that was revealed means? the other day, which is exciting. There's an article about meeting Celine. Ooh, Celine. And all the details of her sordid past. Ooh, Celine, you dirty dog. There's a there's another article on Marvel about proposals. Uh, noteworthy, <laughs> noteworthy proposals throughout the year. Gambit and Rogue making that list. Scott and Jean making that list. Ben Grimm and Alicia Masters. Making that list. I'm just shaking my head because doesn't this is not a never mind. We'll get to it when we get to it. Oh, we'll save get it for to, the time. Alicia. We'll get to it. Uh, she's already fuming. Haslab. No, no, not fuming. Okay, no. I'm not fuming. I just anyway enough. Haslab. Haslab. I sent a picture of the recent announcement. <laughs> it's been teased for the last couple of weeks and actually probably even longer with the guys on the Hasbro Marvel Legends stream. Mm. The newest project revealed Giant Man. Makes sense. Yeah. A giant is a giant man. Is giant man. Twenty-four inches in height, the largest hero. Oh. They, they made certain to say hero because Galactus does stand taller, as Galactus he should. Is larger. Yeah. 
as he should. A lot of people still are like, yeah, I don't know if Giant Man needs to be that giant, right? He doesn't always have to be the size of a building. But I don't know. I think it's cool. I don't know if I'm going to get it. TBR. Yeah. Uh, mm. What? I just feel like you're going to get it. This is Galactus all over again. I don't know. Uh, Galactus is like, that's a world threat. You know, that's that's a, a universal wide threat. Giant Man, it wouldn't even fit on my Avenger shelf. I would have to reorganize this my is, Avenger shelf. This is my question, okay? Yeah. When everybody gets theirs in the mail and everyone's posting pictures of them and they're out and they're about and everyone has one and you don't. If that's the only reason I want something, then I don't really want it. Okay. But yeah, I, I just, understand what you're saying. Because you can't get it again. Like you no, can only true. get it that time. You that's can't the, be like, oh, let me go hunting for a store. That's you're uh, only gonna get it if someone bought extras, and then they're gonna be like, here, yeah, take take this for ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars, get out of here. I, if if it was that <laughs> much markup, I would buy three right now. Are you kidding me? I buy more. I buy. I go broke. Captain Two Michael was asking, what would the next Haslab need to be for you to buy it? He said. Krakoa, the character, would be hands down. That, that that'd be would pretty be cool. Freaking sick. Yeah, like a Krakoa tree statue face in the background. I would prefer it as a build a figure personally because I don't think it needs to be that large, but eh, who knows? Who My knows? vote is for a Blackbird that fits the regular figures. Do you know how large that would have to be? So big. Everybody says the Blackbird. Everybody says the Blackbird. Even the guys on the stream are like, you guys realize, like, to scale that. You would need a full, like a dining room table to display that on. Who cares? <laughs> okay. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. We're getting a Blackbird. There's someone on, I've seen, they 3D printed a Blackbird that you can have someone sit in the cockpit. That looks cool. And That's awesome. I want it. Give you all a little update. I had mentioned last week about Marvel Move that mm. it started a trial of it. Hadn't yet tried it. But now, one week later, I've done three, count them, three workouts. Three workouts. And? I did the first episode twice because uh, the first time I, I died. I was caught. Didn't make it. Which uh, apparently when you're caught by the Sentinel, you don't actually die. I was just 20 minutes into a 30-minute run and was ready to die like, physically in real life. I cannot take anymore. Uh, I just ended the run. But uh, it was actually, I really enjoy the story. So I played the... I played... The, the, <laughs> I ran the second episode last night after disc golf and just the narrative of how connected to the Krakoan story it is, is really interesting. That's so cool. So it has Mr. Sinister, it has Forge, it has Wolverine and Jean, it has all these different characters. Blob is there, Gambit, like, wow, and it's all cast, so voice actors. So it, it feels like this merge between... The audio narrative podcast, so like Wolverine, The Long Night, The Lost Trail, all of those, mm -hmm. and running motivation. Because when Wolverine tells you, hey, bub, pick up the pace, like, you, like you pick okay, up the okay, Wolverine. Yeah, yes, sir, Logan, sir. How many of them are you? <laughs> yeah, callback from before. Yeah, yeah, I got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I had to update that because I didn't want it to be my personal news <laughs> that I went for runs. What's your personal news? Oh, my personal news. Well, I got a cortisone shot this week. Hey, fun. Taking steps forward in the recovery process, sort of, kind of. Um, so that was good, I guess. We're still waiting for it to settle into my body so I can know how it affected. But I made a step, and that's what's important. And... You know, the only other little bit of personal news I have is that as we are recording this, we are seven days away from the uncanny experience. Oh, yeah. And I am so excited. I I just like, I feel 
like the last few years of being a part of this community have really been so wonderful for me and like so life-changing and to have been asked to be a cosplay guest is like a whole nother level of like dreams coming true and I'm so excited to do this and get to be involved in all these little things of, of the inaugural uncanny event and I just I'm really excited for everyone involved and to see where it's going to go and we get to meet in person so many people that we've been connected with online for so long because this is a very specific convention it's not just a comic-con it's an x-men convention like we're gonna get to meet so many people who interact with us on the podcast who we know from other podcasts like i know from cosplay like i'm just so excited yeah it's gonna be a great time i've been working on my lesson plan Mm. so i'm teaching a class myself and then we're teaching a class together yes we are uh, I've been working on my, my syllabus. I was talking to a history teacher friend about it yesterday, and he's like, well, that, that's an intense scope of a class. Like, you, you have a syllabi prepared? And it's like, yes. So Intergalactic Social Studies of the Shi'ar Empire is Amazing. the first class that I'll be teaching. And the amount that I have learned about the Shi'ar beyond anything that I knew previously and the details, specifics, and plus all of the other connected races and species therein mm-hmm. has been really interesting. But my personal news. What is it? I was sitting last Sunday outside oh. <laughs> at a table that we had just gotten the day before. First time ever sitting at this table, just sitting down, minding my own business. And then out of nowhere, something falls from the sky, a gift from the heavens, lands on the table, flops onto the floor, I had no idea what it was. I look down and see it is a small fish. And the bewilderment of just like, where are Fish our, fell from the sky. Are our neighbors throwing fish at us? Like, what is this? Very, Why? Uh, cloudy with a chance of meatballs. Right, right. So I, I put it on my personal Instagram story, and so many people are like, this is a sign of the end times. Like, this is. <laughs> the world is coming to an end. I assumed it might just be a, a bird lost its dinner as they were coming home and was then. I didn't know what to do with the fish. I just left it there. Uh, Captain Two Michael said that we should have eaten the fish. And I was like, nah, this is kind of no. a little small. I don't know. It also already had like guts coming out of it. <laughs> yeah, because the stabs. Because it had been, you know, attacked by a bird. <laughs> in the mouth and or talons of a bird. Yeah. <laughs> but I left it out just in case the bird came back because I wouldn't want to be the guy to get into a fight with a bird like that. We so, don't know what kind of bird it was. You never do. There's tons of birds around here. Could have been a hawk. Could have been a heron. Do you know the three issues the man? That, we have, <laughs> that we have in this poll? Sidestep. It was just the cadence. Um, well, I'm going to assume that Immortal X-Men and X-Men are in that. And so then the third one would have to be Ghost Rider Wolverine. Ghost Rider Wolverine, exactly. Yes. Who won said poll? Oh, the eyes. X-Men. No, it did not. Immortal X-Men. Yes, it most certainly did. Blech, whatever. What percentage? 53%. On the nose. Yeah! At least I got something right. 53% for Immortal X-Men. 37 for X-Men. 11 for Weapons of Vengeance. Oh, man. I mean, I so I'll say I make the Wednesday posts, right? Yes. And I had... Immortal X-Men as the top book in that post. Yes, you did. And then I read X-Men. I was like, oh, I don't know. X-Men. But then I read Immortal X-Men again. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I, I don't know if I'm swayed by the people just agreeing with that. It's just You I, 
succumb to peer pressure. Sure, maybe. But I also, I think that the reveals were bigger. But the specifics of the story in X-Men are more like, I don't know, I mean, fresh in my heart. The thing for me is like, just one sentence, hard period, shadow cat. Like, sure. that for me just makes X-Men my book of the week. There you go. Just hands down, X-Men. The others were good, but X-Men. Mm-hmm. Shadowcat, period. What about Unlimited Comics? Oh, let's talk period. about them. Digis, period. The Digis. So, Love Unlimited, this little rogue and gambit story. They're, you know, they're hanging out. They're having a meal. They want to do something really nice and wonderful together as, as a date. They want to go on a vacation. What can we do? Well, there's this guy who stole all these artifacts from all of these cultures, and we should go steal them back, and that would be romantic. Hero stuff against each other in competition. Right. And so then it turns into a little little heist heist game, and I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's such a fun story. It was really cool to see the different ways that each character would approach the situation, how they would help each other at various times, but still keep the rivalry alive in their activity. Yeah, and just, I don't know, their chemistry was great. Like, the story was really well written. The art was beautiful. Like, it was really fun to read, really, like, heartwarming, but also had some, like, ooh, la la moments, you know? Like, it was great. I really enjoyed it. It was a fun arc, and I love seeing Rogue and Gambit together in this way, and I like that this felt like a little cutout story that could say, like, this could have happened at any point. Any point. At least past when clandestine appeared. Right. Yeah, that's a deep cut if you never knew. Well, at least they referenced that, hey, I've been around the block, but I haven't been around in a while. Yeah, yeah, right, right, right. This was written by Preeti Chiber, art by Carola Borelli, colors Carlos Lopez, letters Ariana Mar. VCs Ariana Mar. I thought it was fun. It was a lot of fun. It was just, it's the Rogue and Gambit content that we're currently missing because they are separate Mm -hmm. and we don't know why. We don't know if they write each other or they're pen pals. Who's going to tell us? Yeah. We did have a couple of questions last week when I prematurely put it in the thoughts and questions box and then totally didn't tell you about it or read it (laughs) myself. Curls loves the Remy and Rogue story. It's so playful and the art is great. I agree. Catalina 35 misses so badly Remy and Rogue's dynamic heartbreak emoji. And I think that's what we're all feeling is yes. like, hey, hearing and seeing this, this is it's what we're looking for. a global feeling. We want it. We want more of it. Bring it back. Darren is just a teacher calling out Maurice, the guy that we're stealing from, mm-hmm. from Clandestine. In the Rogue and Gambit, Digi is the personification of the British Empire, right? Which I think, like, yeah. Yes, colonialism, yeah. baby. Yeah, right, 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 right. Love it. Well, I don't, but I, right, I love right. the metaphor. <laughs> we do not do love that. colonialism. No, no, Let no. us just state that. It's not what we're trying to say here. Yeah, yeah. Bruce 33 <laughs> needs more Rogan Gambit. Hope this title comes back. Yeah. I think so, too. Yeah. I think it was really fun. Right. And, like, had so many things. Humor. Heart. Romance. Heist. Suspense. Good subterfuge. action. Subterfuge. <laughs> Other things. <laughs> All right, let's talk about let's talk about X Men Unlimited, which was like, I don't, I don't want to say unnecessarily emotional, but made me feel things. Oh, in in ways that I wasn't prepared for. So this is about frenzy. Yeah, we're getting a frenzy story, which I like seeing. You know, this 
pre-hero side of Frenzy a little. Right. And it's similar convention to the others where she's preparing for the Hellfire Gala. She's meeting with Jumbo, getting a suit ready for the big night. And then we go to where she should rather be, Soul's diplomatic ring and, mm-hmm. and matching up against these various diplomats preparing them for Iraqi customs, being on Araco. Yes. What is it like to have to be here and to fight and to have honor in your fight? All the time. And also be prepared because if you step on someone's foot, they will challenge you. And you can't just be like, I don't know how to fight you. The other question what it's like is what it's like to take a break as Pybok just mm. says, hey, Frenzy, take five minutes. Let's just take a second. Just chill out. Just chill out with me. This is so sweet. Mm-hmm. And we get a flashback of like why she's so on edge, why she carries this all with her. Yes. Some history details of her and her, her family life as a child. I love the details. I love the history because I don't know a lot about Frenzy except that she used to be a bad guy and we, now she's a good guy. To my knowledge, we don't know a lot of Frenzy. Mm. So I think that that was great. She's carrying this weight of responsibility because of the pressure and, and relationship that she had with her abusive father at the time. Maybe another five minutes won't hurt. And like, I'm crying. Why am I welling up with tears as like, it's just so nice and sweet oh, and tender between the so two. It was so nice. The like, just take a break. Just like sit down. Just look at the sunset for just a hot second. Dance with me. Kind of yeah. reminds me of when, when I'm stressed out and you say, just chill. Just get up just, and dance with me. Yeah. Just, just come just on. Dance with me just have a little fun. A little and dance party go, break. No. <laughs> I'm so frenzy in that moment. Yeah. But then, but that this this one, that one made me oh, tear up where she's like crying in Pie Box hands, arms. Maybe another five wouldn't hurt. Written by Steve Fox and Stephanie Williams. Art by Noemi Vittori. Colors Pete Pan Tanzas. Letters Travis Lanham. He sees Travis Lanham. I got two things. Two things. Two things to say about Scarlet Witch. Okay. That's it. Okay, that's fine. One, Joseph. He's on a little redemption arc in this, right? He he wanted to, he wears the face of Magneto, but does not want to carry the the history, the baggage, everything that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. But there's also a taste of betrayal. The taste of betrayal. At the end, as it is revealed, he's working for someone else to get close to Wanda. Which, yeah. I mean, I we knew we couldn't trust this man. Yeah, we can't trust you, Joseph. Taking advantage of the heartache that is Scarlet Witch right now, the emotional state that she's in after the death of her father figure, Mm -hmm. and to actually have a reference to the fact that neither Wanda nor Lorna was at a point where they could talk about Magneto's death when they... For, I don't right. know if that's just like after the fact, like, hey, I didn't deal with this. I, I didn't, didn't do it then because I then. was going to do it here. Yeah. I also thought it was really interesting to get a lot of character details on Loki's past mm. through this. So the little back and forth that Wanda and Loki had. And Steve Orlando, the writer, actually checked in with Al Ewing, who ah. is currently writing Immortal Thor and is up on the Loki lore to just make sure that he had everything in the right spots like is this all the details i should be calling out and doing that's great i i love that and i also i was a little bit heartbroken because just the moment so wanda and loki are kind of having this like truth battle where they're just trying to out truth each other and they just start really connecting with like 
how broken they both are. Right. And I was like, oh my God, they're so meant to be. I love it. It's beautiful. And then Wanda was like, psych, Loki, you lose. And I was like, oh, okay, Wanda. Thanks a lot. The the caveat of saying, if you were able to actually be this honest all the time, we would be great together because you're being vulnerable and real and true and not a trickster. But you're not. But you're not that guy. So get out. Sorry. Sorry, not sorry. Hit me with the credits for that book. This was written by Steve Orlando with art by Lorenzo Tometa and Sarah Pacelli. Colors by Frank William. Letters Corey Petit. VCs Corey Petit. That cover by Russell Dodderman. I think uh, Russell posted this on Instagram, the cover, saying it was one of his favorite covers. I love that, that cover. Yeah. I love Just it. The, the meetup between the two as she is hexing him so sad they would be a really dope couple i'd be into that chaos and mischief he's not that anymore he's the god of outcasts yeah he sure. changed it yeah sure he writes his own story yeah he's still gonna be mischief are you ready to talk about Magneto number two? I remember you not enjoying number one. I really did not enjoy number all. one, but yeah. number two was better. Number two was good. Number two was better. <laughs> number two was, <laughs> was pretty good. I I have seen many people online not into it, dropped it, not not following along. Just they're gonna pick it up as a trade. They don't know, right? Right. Well, I mean, I did think you know this first battle sequence where Magneto is sort of like twisting his memories with his actual fighting with the current students and sort of like comparing them or getting lost in like what is his actually actual memory what's happening actually right now like the mind control of it all right i thought was interesting and i think really what makes this interesting to me is that it fleshes out the turn of Magneto. So this mm-hmm. is at a time where he is the headmaster of the New Mutants. He is taking the place of Charles Xavier, who's off with his Spaceburg girlfriend, doing things that we don't talk about on the panel in comics. Mm-hmm. And there's always the... Right, right, editorial didn't want Magneto to be the hero that Claremont was building him up to be. They wanted this turn back to villainy. And... To see this mental manipulation from Iray, who reveals herself and claims to be his daughter. Yeah, which is what? Which, yeah, let's let's add in some more. But kind of underscores the idea of this is who you are. This is who you're meant to be. It, it gives more reasoning as to why he turns back to his old ways. Why he's kicking space rocks at the beginning of X-Men number one adjective list from 1991. Yeah. And even in the Savage Land beforehand, which I think is technically where we are, sub-Antarctica. And that's where Savage Land Rogue comes from. Mm. So for me, the things I really enjoyed about this particular issue were the new mutants Mm -hmm. their dynamic getting to see them in a story um magic magic Magic. hello she freaking puts on cerebro and uses it crazy before it explodes and or short circuits so cool warlock Um, yeah warlock is just the tops i love getting me some warlock content i miss my warlock i actually am really interested in this like i raise like army of hybrid robot people and like what's going on with them like why they have all these additional mechanical parts yeah probably won't ever find that out but you know it's still cool and then very highly confused about the daughter 
of it all. Yeah. But I did enjoy this issue more because I felt like we were actually getting to a story that was happening. And the first issue was just so much of an inner monologue of Magneto's that I was just not interested. But this is an actual story that's like, yeah, it maybe doesn't have huge consequences because it's a fill-in story, but it also is a fun story. So right. I enjoyed and it. I just think, uh, you know, to go back to the point that I made of this seeding his turn, mm-hmm. that makes it interesting for me. I, and yeah. I love the art. I love Todd Knox's art. So... Yeah, the added bonus great. points for that. This issue is called Evil Mutant. Chapter 2, Day of Wrath. Written by J.M. DeMatteis. Art by Todd Nock. Colors, Rachel Rosenberg. Lettuce, Travis Lanham. We see Travis Lanham. Pretty sure I just said lettuce, Travis Lanham. <laughs> <laughs> Cover art is Todd Nock and Rachel Rosenberg. <laughs> lettuce. Lettuce. Who the F is I, Ray? That's our next issue with this. What do you think? So you you are you are on the other side. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm here for Magneto content in it. general. Right? I like New Mutant stuff. I like Magneto stuff. I think the story was more of a story this time, so it was fun and I liked right. it. And well, I, I mean, will continue to read it. Had to get that setup going in the beginning, right? Had to make it see see like what what it was that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Beta Reno said sure. Let's make Magneto's family tree even more complicated. I will only forgive this if Iray ends up being Zaladane somehow, which would be ridiculous, but further tied into the time frame that we're talking about where he turns to the villainous side. Who um, the heck is Zaladane? Zaladane. Zaladane. The fake sister of Lorna Dane. Oh, it's not one word. No, it is one word. Wait, what? (laughs) That's why it's fake. Uh, oh God! This is this is a rabbit hole we're not currently going down today. <laughs> I'm Red X Baby called Iray, which I'm assuming is Shut in reference down. to Magneto's family connection, or at least the lie that she's putting out there that she's his daughter. We'll see. We'll see. Mm. Uh, this is fun. Mm. Much uh, more engaging yeah. than the first one to me. So we'll see where it goes. How'd you feel about this Ghost Rider? There was some reticence last week about like how quickly Helverine was going to get wrapped up at the end. Honestly. Loved it. Honestly, taking it back. Yeah. Taking it back. I feel that the way that the Ghost Rider lore or like what's been happening in Ghost Rider as a title was woven into this story the way that it was okay to have just read this, but for them to really make it known that so much has been happening in Ghost Rider made it feel to me like this was a solid ending. It did not feel rushed. And I was really worried that it was going to feel rushed, but I was, it gave me the background that I needed to feel like this was a really fleshed out story that had had its life for a little bit. Yeah, this, this was a solid crossover. Yeah. This was just a four issue in and out. Like, hey, this is what you can do with a concentrated effort of a crossover. The fact that it came out weekly for yeah. the last four weeks. I, I liked it. Yeah, a it was lot. really great. And I have now read the first five issues of Ghost Rider. Of course you did. <laughs> and, oh, my God. That, like, Ghost Rider is just melodramatic car metaphor like every <laughs> every issue there is just uh, it's like a engine that won't start in my heart trying to churn through life oh, yeah, yeah, when yeah. the when it floods and you look for the escape hatch and the airbags go i don't know you're gonna lose me really quickly <laughs> 
Are we doing? Are we going through this, baby? I think so. Yeah. All yeah. right, let's get it. The the clean and dope action on this cover. It's so beautiful. Are they fighting each other or fighting from freedom? We won't know until we go inside. Page turn noise. House hunting with these two new mutants seeking revenge for everything that humans have done. Mm, which to me, right? Okay, in the start of this, because I will not condone the baby part of it, but I was like, all right, at least the first two mutants that Wolverine goes to as Helverine are not like just innocent, just innocent bison, peeps yeah. just hanging out. Like they're doing crimes. Do they deserve to die? No. I don't think so. But they're but they are doing crimes. So not baby crimes. Not baby crimes. Shout out to Greymouth and Lane. Yeah. Okay. I love on the second page the shot of Helverine coming in oh on the my bike. Gosh. The art in this issue and, and just in this series has just been a lot of fun. And their faces of like, what is uh, happening? What's going on? Oh, no. And, and then on the other page, the slash through these people. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I'm, I'm sad that Helverine is so short lived because he is Vicious. amazing. He takes out the people and we're left with a screaming baby. And the Weapon Plus program is urging Wolverine to kill the baby. Father Pike is a jerk. Kill the baby. And Johnny has something to say about it. Johnny's like, no, no, no. Thrown back. Get out of here, Johnny. As he's struggling to be free. This, This is where... I, I really hit the, the Ghost Rider car metaphors. It's all about driving. <laughs> and we've got... My body is not my own. It's like someone flooded the engine and tossed away the keys. Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> After all the car metaphors, we've got a title page. Ghost Rider Wolverine, Weapons of Vengeance Omega. Our Better Monsters. Written by Benjamin Percy. Art by Jeff Shaw. Colors, Rain Barreto. Letters, Travis Lanham. BC's Travis Lanham. Ryan Stegman, J.P. Meyer, and Marte Gracia on the cover. Oh, this. I So now reading the stories, mm-hmm. I'm getting to know Talia a little bit better. Ah, she yes. is a major player throughout. Uh, I, I like her vibe. I do. Yeah, she's cool. But her and Jeff Bannister, are, they're continuing their mission. And, on the and chase. This is where we're getting that backstory that we need. She's sort of letting Jeff in on the secrets of what her and Ghost Rider have been working on. Who exactly we're fighting here. Bagragul, created by Mephisto to make art from suffering. These displays of dead bodies are actually to appease Mephisto and his desire for artistic representation. Essentially shrines to Mephisto's greatness because he was bored and he needed something more exciting happening in death. Death is just so-so now, but deathly art... That's the tops. And so there were, you know, Bram's parents were worshippers of Mephisto. And they, in having their child, essentially, On the- like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Are they, like, they're con- they're conceiving the child on Yeah, on the graves. grave of a man hanged for murder. Yeah. It's, as all these hooded people watch. It's a lot. It's a lot. And then, therefore, that's where Bram comes from and why he is automatically synced with this demon. Bagragul. And the desperation that he now feels, the regret he has for having let Bagragul go. 
Right. I made a mistake. He feels empty. He's not whole because he never was one without this demon inside him. So he wants him back. He's like, can I get my demon back? Pike, oh, you're still alive? Oh, dang. You, oh, wow. You survived that? I, didn't, I, I totally knew that that was going to be fine. So you did survive. Yeah. He wants his demon back. Pike's like, nah, sorry. Kill the baby Wolverine. Sit back and watch someone doing it right. How to actually use this demon as Wolverine, instead of following orders, stabs himself and resists. Mm -hmm. You serve Mephisto. You serve the United States government and you serve me. Yeah, Wolverine's like, not today, my friend. Oh, man. It's just so many of the fiery pictures this, yeah. this exploding head skull with the flames going, the, the visor kind of looking like a Cyclops beam visor mm. as he finds a hidden mutant enclave not far from where he is in the mountains where these terrorists came from. Yes. As Jeff and Talia sneak up on Pike and Bram, but they disappear. Our heroes, our, our, our agents exploring the lab further. Yes, and Johnny is free to go help our friend Wolverine. But we ha- And we have eyes on Logan through the machine, watching on, getting a little story. Jeff is going to uh, very eloquently pull the plug as he just shoots up this computer. Jeff Bannister. And the reaction from Wolverine on the other side. You are an unworthy vessel, Logan. If you don't appreciate the gift you've been given, we'll reclaim it. Please, I just want my demon back. Give me my body, my demon back, and my body. Take it away from Wolverine. He doesn't know how to use it. Yeah, he's he's doing it wrong. He's supposed to kill the baby. But now, the Ghost Rider comes out. I love how they just bring him out. Right? And, and bring to, them out, bring them out. To, to read the Ghost Rider series and to see the relationship between the spirit of vengeance and Johnny, Johnny. and, and mm-hmm. how he's struggling with it, but how like they kind of need each other in the same way that Bram and Bagger Ghoul need each other. And there's even a reference of that is like, we make each other whole. Mm. This The Ghost Rider spirit is out to serve and protect the innocent, to venge, have revenge for the innocent's death and to hear that wolverine with this demon is going to kill mutants that don't deserve it well light it on fire and let's go i cannot take that Mm -mm -mm. we get some bram backstory as we find just what was happening a lot of this happened but uh, some various details and how did he get here with pike right ada and, and the work that she had been doing but it wasn't enough Bagul wanted more, wanted bigger art, fancier (laughs) sculptures, more death. So they came to Father Pike. And here we are. We're about to, we're doing like the the reaching across God painting. Mm -hmm. The fingers are about to touch to swap demons. And then Johnny Blaze just coming in with this hellmobile. He's upset. He's like, listen, you don't need to give the demon back to Bran because I'm going to kill the demon. I've had enough. I've been chasing this demon for years. I'm over it. Tonight, we send him back to this, hell. This two-page spread, I'm surprised I haven't posted it already because it is amazing. It's so gorgeous. Ah, the fight between these two, the anger, the rage, the trying to reason with him. 
and the resistance that Wolverine is showing. The fact that Mephisto has failed, that I will not make a monument of your bones for every demon in hell to piss on. <laughs> Ghost Rider is fighting to wake up Wolverine from this mind control, from this this captive state that he's in. And in doing that, Father Pike is like getting upset. He's like, you're not doing what you're supposed to do with this demon. You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. And if you're not going to treat this with respect, you're not going to do bag rule right. You're not going to do right by Mephisto. I'm taking it back. Get out of here. And it's being pulled from him to go back into Bram. And in that moment, we get Wolverine to fully come back. And he says, not so fast, bub. Yeah. Not so fast, bub, as Wolverine then comes up to Pike, stabbing him in the chest, unleashing Bagragool, but met with Ghost Rider's damnation stare, mm-hmm. solidifying him in rock and stone. So the two heroes are just like, man, that was, that was intense. Do you see what looks like Father Pike? In the shadows right there? Yes. That's got to be him. He's got to still be at large. He's got to be. You don't just... I I think that they did... And we were saying last issue that they they weren't going to wrap up all of this Project Hellfire. But they mostly did. I mean, Pike is still at large, to our knowledge. We haven't seen the body hit the floor. But... You're going to make me do another one? And the bodies hit the floor. (laughs) Yeah, I know that song. (laughs) Tons of song references today. Yeah, all up in it. We just get a little little after the fact, a little fun reconciliation as we light the building on fire and Everybody's friends now. Yeah, everybody had a real great time teaming up. You know, that's what you want to see. And then some stinking vulture has to come in flying around, take a peck at this demon statue it's, it's... and reveal what could happen next? There is someone still under there. Bagragul could return. So, I mean, maybe we didn't wrap up a whole lot. But I, Wolverine is no longer Helverine, and that's what we wrapped up. That's what we wanted. I So, in reading the story so far, I've seen this magician-type character, this dark magician-type character, who is able to transform into what look like crows. Oh. So, I wasn't sure if this was part of his influence. I also don't know if he's still involved in the story, only five issues in. But oh, interesting. I thought that that was an interesting connection that could be if that's there. We'll see. We'll see. My favorite line in the issue is the next for Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider rides again in Ghost Rider 18, <laughs> which is just like you can't use the, the word in the definition. Yes, you can. They just did. As Wolverine's mission across the Marvel Universe continues in Wolverine number 37, Last Mutant Standing, part one. And the Hulk is there. The Hulk's there, and so are some Logan clones in the background. Because mm-hmm. we need more Logans. More Logan, more Logan. What'd you think? I thought it was great. I thought the pacing was really well done. I thought the art was beautiful. The story was intriguing. I felt like I was getting a glimpse into what was going on in the Ghost Rider world without having to read all of those Ghost Rider issues. And it does intrigue me as to what that whole story arc is. So, I likely will not be reading it, but it did pique my interest. Oh, well, then maybe I will tell you all about it next time we talk. 
<laughs> next time we talk. <laughs> next time after I've finished reading it, probably. No, this was fun. Uh, the art is amazing. The, the story was condensed into the point and got exactly what you needed from it. Mm-hmm. I thought that good amount of motivation and backstory revealed with Logan fighting through the demon influence and just Ghost Rider coming in with his story. I have a new appreciation for GR. Mm, you know, I've just never, GR. Yeah, we got nicknames now. Johnny and I have never really been that close. And now now I feel, you know, it's a different, it's Robbie. But in speaking of the HasLab, I'm like, oh, man. Oh, that, that, gosh. That one that got away. Did that one ever get funded? It did not. It fell apart. It fell apart. That is the only Marvel Legends HasLab to not back so far. I, well, I think... I believe Giant Man is a shoe in He's already a third funded, and it's only been a day. Listen. Like 44 days left. Just give me the Madeline figure. That's what I wanted. Honestly, that's the only reason I was going to buy it is because it was a Madeline figure with a cool car accessory, but for $350, I couldn't, couldn't, do, couldn't it. do it. How much do you think Giant Man is? Hmm. <laughs> Giant Man is probably like... $400. Whoa. No. And, and you would think that because, like, why is this car so expensive? Because I think it's the new tooling on the other characters that were going to come as tier unlocks. But Giant Man's 200 Oh, 200 199 plus tax and shipping. All right. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. Not too shabby. But this isn't a Giant Man podcast no. or a Ghost Rider podcast. This it's an X-Men, X-Men podcast. podcast. So the next two titles have to do with X-Men. But before we get there. Ooh. Before, I'm Red X Baby is wondering if Logan just killed a baby. And I assume that's in this issue and not the almost killing in Immortal of Kafka. <laughs> but no, he did not. He did not. He did not. He resisted. He fought the influence of Bagragul and only just stabbed himself in the yeah, shoulder. Yeah, we don't know what happened to that baby. It's just but parentless, living in a car. they're not dead. Yes. So... Definitely uh, ruined their life, but they're fine. Warline calling out how this had nothing to do with Fall of X, but is actually a chance for Wolverine to just play in some of Marvel's best horror comics. So what are the best Marvel horror comics? It's Ghost Rider. It's Hulk. It's Blade. Yeah, let's, Hulk let's... is a horror comic? Uh, apparently, nowadays. I haven't read Hulk in a very long time. All right. All right. I mean, I, can, I get Ghost Rider. I get Blade. Those make sense. You got both titles in front of you. What are you I know. Doing? Be- well, because I had Immortal X-Men next and then X-Men last. That's how I read them off at the beginning. But that's not the original intent for the order. And it's not what, it's the, people not what the people want. So I feel conflicted. I don't know what one we do next. And I'm just going to let you and your notes tell us which one we do next. Ooh, it's up to the notes. It's up to the notes. X-Men is next in my notes. Fine, whatever. I don't care. I want to talk about it. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's fine. You just chose wrong, so you're aware. (laughs) Well, then let's let's look at this beautiful wedding issue cover. You You are sitting pretty in your understanding of what now is happening with this comic, with this title, in this relationship. I feel so... Happy with my life after... Vindication. Yes. So vindicated after reading this issue. I mean, here's what I'll say. This is a gorgeous cover. Absolutely. Emma looks 
freaking stunning. Yeah. The cuckoos look great. Everyone in the background looks great. I don't know how you could like look at a Lucas Werneck cover and not think, oh, that's gorgeous. That's amazing. You just can't. You just, so you can't the cover is it. fantastic. It's a win. Are you ready? It's a bop. It's a bop. <laughs> Page turn noise. Well, I also did just want to note that we have the trading card variant with Miss Marvel on it mm-hmm. as well. Make a little quick guest appearance in this issue, but I always love these trading card variants. It's the only variant series that I've ever actually collected like this. Gotta I, catch them all. I, I really do. And it has nothing to do with my long-standing love of Pokemon. <laughs> we get a little quote at the beginning of this. That we do. Wilson Fisk's immense strength lay not in his physical form or even his money. It was his ability to bend the courts to his will. He began anew the second he arrived back in New York City. Ben Yurick, the Daily Bugle. You love to see Ben. You know that something's going on as we then turn to see Wilson at the gala. The story, the happily ever after, the end that was interrupted by Orcus. Yes, we see him and his love for Mary and how they're ripped apart and... How that's really affecting him while he's here with with Emma. Yeah. I love this note that he says to the ambassador from Ireland, like, they're going to kill us all. They're not going to kill me. What are they going to kill me for? I'm just a guy. Yeah. Meanwhile, moments later, he's dead. He's dead. The guy, I'm pretty sure that's Declan Shalvey, who is an artist and occasional writer for Marvel. Oh. And he's from Ireland. Well, that's perfect. Yeah. These two pages. Oh my god. This, this meeting in the sewers. It's just it's so intense and it's so kind of like oh man, Wilson. I mean, yeah, it's cl- I mean, it's classically everything that you've been saying to me is going to happen with Wilson Fisk. Like he's not there to actually help. He's no. like, "Hey, you're going to get everything seized from you." So you know, say it. Ask me for help. You then, work for me now. Yeah. Emma uh. asks him and then he has his, you work for me now. And just oh. the anger in her eyes is so exciting to me because it's like she knows she has to put herself in this situation right now. But she also knows that she will not be manipulated by Wilson Fisk. Uh, I love the art in these couple pages. So this yeah. is a different artist than... The main issue artist and these two specifically speaking about just the the machinations of Wilson Fisk mm-hmm. and what he's doing for power and just the the sadness, the defeat in her eyes. Uh, there's this picture of him and his beetle eyes in the darkness. Yeah, that shadow cast over his face. Yes, I will help you. Your enemies are my enemies. Not together. Right. We may... Have common enemies, but make no mistake. You work for me again. Ah. Title page. Strange Bedfellows. Whack-a-mole. Written by Jerry Duggan. Art by Jim Tao and Javier Pina. Colors, Marte Gracia. Letters, Clinton Coles. This is Clinton Coles. Lucas Werner on that cover. Oh, man. Oh, man. We're Ooh. here. We're partying it up at the Hellfire Club. This is this is like a storybook page. There's so much detail. There's so much definition of Wilson at the top of the Hellfire Club. And we, we get a little 
more information in this issue that we've got a new Black King as well. Yeah, Tony has stepped in. So there's a preview of that last issue, I believe, mm. of Immor- uh, Invincible Iron Man, where they're coming back to uh, Tony's father. Howard had been a member of the Hellfire Club, so he, by heritage, has a membership. And, you know, it, it kind of playing the role to get in on the elite. It's it's kind of disturbing to me to see two of the highest seats of the Hellfire Club not held by mutants. Not held by anyone normally associated with the Hellfire Club. Yeah. yeah. Don't love it. I I do. <laughs> I think it's great. I think it's so cool because it's, it's expanding in very interesting ways. It's the same way that how Orcus has become a villain for all. Mm-hmm. The Hellfire Club is now a place for all. A seedy underground for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And you love to see these faceless goons. I have so many of those action figures when they yes, came out. Yes, you do. Oh, I love them. Hazel needs to, to speak with Tony. Come on. Tony, come over here. Quit flirting with these ladies. We got things to take care of. I know you have some optics into Orcus. Is it Firestar? Is that your mole? Because I got to tell you, there's a, a certain shadowy assassin going to stab her in the face. You might want to give Firestar a heads up. And I mean, if she's not your mole, she'll just be dead. So it's fine. It's fine. Uh, but the face, which is funny because I didn't think... The only thing that we've seen between Firestar and Iron Man was at the last year's Hellfire Gala when he told her, you know, hey, go in, see what's wrong, see what's up. You are an Avenger. It'd be great to take a look under the hood. And I didn't know if that extended to now her role in Orcus. I don't think Tony knows about the gene reveal, right? But they clearly have stayed connected in some way. Which is interesting. I wonder if that is known to Orcus. I, I would assume not. Especially Phalong. Especially Phalong. Quick little aside. Two Cut pages. To Kamala. She's at the Orcus Science School. Really staying connected with the other stories. The way that Kamala is bridging that gap between the New Mutant arc that she's in and the X-Men story that she's a part of. And she, she sees some violence occurring and she wants to use her powers to help, but she can't reveal who she is. So instead, she just decides, I'm just going to film it. Yeah. This poor student doesn't actually have mutant powers, doesn't actually have an X-Gene. They just have alopecia and was previously treated improperly, treated poorly because Mm -hmm. they looked differently. But now, instead of just words, it's actually fists. They're getting jumped by these people. And Kamala even gets the, the threat of... You'll get yours, muty lover. We'll come right. back for you. And, like, and hey, you so don't even know I'm a mutant. This person isn't even a mutant. And, and what they say at the end of, you know, I guess nobody different is safe now. That really got me. That was the metaphor. Like, Ooh, okay. So just because this person has a difference in their appearance than, you know, I don't know. I'm not, I don't even want to say like the average person because they're still a person, right. you know? But like... Just because they are perceived to be different, then immediately that difference is associated with being a mutant and being bad and deserving to be beaten up in the streets. And that's terrible. On to the bloom. Shadow cat. Shadow cat. Mm. Cutting through. I have to change my song to like shadow cat. I don't know. I'll have to give shadow. You need a new song. It it needs a new song. Get it, get it. No. doesn't have to be a shadow cat, get it, get it song. Yeah. I'll have to come up with it. I don't have it right now. You don't need it right now. She's still sticking around. <sighs> well, she's on the bloom. 
Mutant she's detected. Make, she's making a break for Firestar, and Firestar is freaking out. Which, all right, so I will I will address, because we have a number of criticisms of this point in the questions and thoughts, that overall people thought that this was handled entirely too quickly. Mm-hmm. This back and forth, this you know seeking out vengeance for the betrayal, and then also accepting the reveal. Um, totally understand that. But yes. at the same time, we were talking about it before recording, which we don't always do. We, no, we, we very rarely very do anything rarely. like that. But... I, I get it. I love the detail of her still leaving it a secret to everyone else. The, yes. This idea that this is going to be your personal danger room trials as other mutants come for you. Yeah. And also the fact that it, it was a it was a quick reveal, but they're moving the story along. They're trying to right. get to that next plot point. They're trying to move along because I don't know what what it, I would imagine it's going to be resolved by the end of the fall, right? And right. so that's four issues, five, four issues from now, three issues from now, maybe at this point. And let's focus on the positives, okay? Let's focus on Kate kicking Orcus' butt. Yeah, like Ooh. these pages of her on her way to Firestar, just destroying. She phases that man through the floor into space. Yes, like come on, and then her bloody footprints. I love it. I live for it. So I just, I don't want to dig into the Firestar stuff and get away from that gloriousness. Well, and then just the being on the inside of this compartment with the gun waiting as Kate comes in from outside, goes into space and comes in through the window behind Firestar. And she just, they're fighting and she's holding that sword phased through Firestar's head. And that's the moment where, you know, Firestar's, gets to speak her piece and say, Gene, you know, Gene did this, essentially. This, the, It's almost like speed speaking, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at the gala, there was this thing, and Gene telepathically told me, and, and then yeah. she embedded me in the memories of Dr. Stasis, and you, you didn't know. And, and she, I resisted, I fought, and the the flaring up of the fire powers and, and just knowing the, the reveal, the truth of Angelica, the power that she has. The fact that I could actually use my power and send this whole station crashing down. She has intense powers. Right, but that's the thing that that's what that's the moment I think where it flips because she says essentially, listen, if you're gonna kill me anyway, let me just blow up the whole we station. We all going down. Like but not but I don't think she's saying it in right, like right, right. a we all going down. She's saying, Let me prove to you in my death that I'm here to help you take down Orcus. Because then I'll actually because, take down Right. She's not saying like, Oh, F U K, I'm gonna kill you too. She's saying, If you're gonna kill me anyway, let me just take all these people with me and yeah. prove to you that I'm here and I'm on your side. And I'm... I think that paired with the way that Kate reacts and says, well, that's the most Gene thing I've ever heard. Like, are those, you kidding me? Those two things, I think, are what kind of does it. Those are the things yeah, that yeah, switch. Yeah. Let's sell it. When we were talking about it earlier, you know, I was saying I, I get where everyone's coming from because right now Kate is a very cold, very hardened version of herself. Like, she's not listening. She didn't care to help Kamala with the alligator in the sewer. She doesn't want to listen to Sink. She doesn't want to work with anybody. She's very, like, cut and dry when Emma was like, you know, take a chill pill. She's like, nah, I'm going to go kill Firestar. Like, so I understand that idea of like, why'd she just flip her switch so quickly? But I think the, you know, desperation in Firestar's talking and her willingness to just sacrifice herself for the good of mutant kind paired with that's the most gene thing I've ever heard 
kind of gave me the like, all right, I'll let that slide. I'll move that on. I did get to see yeah. Kate being a baddie. We get to move this along. And she's not just letting Firestar off the hook. She's saying, you have to keep up this front and I'm not going to tell other mutants. Like, they're going to come for you. That's going to be what it be. This is between me and you. Moving on. Yeah. Speaking of moving on, a letter to dad. A letter to dad. As Angelica basically explains the cover story of any, right. of everything. Like, this is what's happening. This is why I'm doing these things, but not the, the real truth. Right. This is something so that her father understands what's going on with his little girl. And you got to throw in a butter rum reference. Because why not? Right? Because you don't know that it was actually ignited by a terrible woman <laughs> who's really great now. But back then she was terrible. Right. This meeting in the streets. Uh, can we talk about the, the story that got away? Because this is it. This is just the Hellfire ladies making future plans to go on. It away. A, it's right here. It got away because it's not happening. It's, it's got away by the end of the issue as they are. We're going to make a good team. There isn't a single one of them we can't kill together. I love it. Ah. I was like, yeah, Kate and Emma together yeah. again in the shadows. Oh, man. And then, listen. Emma's here. She's as Hazel. She's in the Hellfire Club. Faye Long's there. She can't freaking take it anymore. Yeah. She's just like, no, Tony, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to kick his ass. This is the first time that she's realizing that he's here. I love this like back-of-the-head perspective as she's moving through the club and then sees him and almost strikes and Tony pulls her into the room. Emma, what are you doing? She's about to take off her her ring. To... You do that. The Sentinels come. They come instantly. They find you. They they detect you. And she's like, I don't care. I'm gonna kick you in the crotch. <laughs> I'm gonna kick you in the crotch that you know conveniently places you with the ring in your finger on one knee as Phalong walks in the door and calls them out like, Hey Stark, what are you doing? Marrying the help, which. Screw you, Fei Long. Yeah, honestly, go away, Fei Long. But also, thank you, Fei Long. Thank you. This is why. That's it. Now, Fei Long saw you on the on your knee with your ring, proposing to Hazel. What does this mean? This means Tony's not marrying Emma Frost. Tony's marrying Hazel Kendall. And it's a cover, and too. And it's a lie. It's a lie. It's not real. <laughs> and it's not love. And I'm so happy about it. Uh, I mean, Listen. you're happy because it's not the thing that it's been advertised as. I'm, I don't know. I feel weird about it. It's also strange. And I think it was Maddie KM, Maddie MKM that calls it out. Like, why are they going through with it? Like, why are they actually going to get married? Well, because they, because otherwise, how do they explain what Phalong saw, you know, like, oh, well, you, why were you in this room? What is this ring for? Like, all of these things. But, like, I don't know. I'm just so happy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy, but I also will say that I'm not negating that Tony and Emma are forming a really interesting bond with each other through their trauma through this situation i do think their relationship is growing and changing but i am happy to see that they're not like 
suddenly like blissfully in love with each other and nothing can change that and they're gonna get married and and he made us think that it was happening that way too oh with, yeah with just like the romance the, the tender touch that's the... good writing <sighs> thanks jerry for thanks, like jerry. toying with my emotions thanks jerry but thank you also jerry for this because ay 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 and then you're right she says Catherine, darling Something has come up. I'm sorry. I just posted this panel on Instagram with the one that got away crying <laughs> emoji. Oh, I wanted it so bad. Well, don't worry. Kate's still going to go kill a bunch of people. Yeah. And who knows who she'll team up with? Oh, well, that that cover, that next issue cover. That's the one that we had seen in... San Diego Comic-Con when it was first announced and we got to see the pencils at Josh's table. What does that Krakoan say? All eyes on the X-Men, which was just a that's just a laugh in the face at Scott with his eyes sewn shut. That's rude. It's rude. It's definitely rude. It's meant to mess with your heart and soul. Well, you don't need to ask my overall thoughts because what? obviously I love this issue. Obviously, she loved this issue. That's it. That's all I get. I, mean, just, I loved it. it was I great. loved it. I like. I just. All I can say is I have my Marauders back. Like I have my baddies, Kate and Emma, back doing the one-two punch, doing the things. I am living for Shadow Cat. Like there is, I've never been more motivated or excited to get my booty to work on a cosplay in my life. Like I just want to wear the outfit and feel that like powerful like yeah. she's just uh yeah shadow cat and like yes i do feel vindicated about what's happening with tony and emma i do because it's it's hazel it's not emma and it's it's fraud because of stupid Long. and i like the way the story is progressing i'm interested in it it's it's action-packed and high energy and i like seeing kate kick butt and i I'm interested in what Firestar's going to do next. I just, Kamala's involvement, this the spreading of hatred outside of mutants and how that's unraveling and how that's spiraling out of control for Orcus. Like, this issue is great. I don't care what anyone else says. I do. Have your own opinions. Your life is your life. Your books are your books. But for me, this is my book of the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, like, I'm obsessed. We definitely do care. Yeah, 100% I care. I mean, I I really enjoy this issue. We have it fighting for that top spot because of that reason, because of the the reveals in the couple of plots that are being tended to across these stories, the weaving that Jerry is doing mm-hmm. with this title and his other two titles and even some other in the line about how to build the story that he's orchestrating. Firestar versus everyone and the proposal. The, those were the big nuggets that we got. Mm-hmm. Gilbert Rojo 1022 wants to know if Alicia is a fan of Tony and Emma now. I'm a fan of their friendship. <laughs> and I'm a fan of the end result. This proposal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this is the most. This faux proposal. Yeah, yeah. There you go. This is the ideal solution for your. I told you, political stunt ridiculous ridiculous fake torta didn't like the marriage being born as a comic shenanigan jerry wants to do it then play it straight and it's interesting because 
he didn't want to do it. Like he never wanted to have this relationship come nope. to to be and is in interviews talking about that, but then had some way to make it happen. But then yeah, you know, Fake Tordit did not play it straight. He no, played he it with didn't. with a with a trope, with something that I don't know, a little, a little silly, but we're going with it. I'm a hundred percent here for it. It's not silly to me. It's perfect. Warlion thought it was a little <laughs> lackluster ending to the Firestar vs. Shadowcat tension, the way things that were playing out between the two, and was thrown by the proposal. This weird Iron Man suit part is now retcon to be a high tech piece that hides Emma's presence. Like it's interesting. Well, I, that that has been established issues ago. That was last issue. Yeah, he he pulled that piece. It was probably the last two issues, right, of right. Invincible Iron Man, where he pulls that piece from the armor, forges it into a ring, and then yes, and that's essentially how Emma is able to not be underground while everyone else has to be in hiding. Right. Barusu thirty three agrees, saying that it was anticlimactic how Kate learned and just accepted that Angelica was a, wasn't a traitor feels that it was wasted potential. And I think you could have drawn it out. I think you could have had a little bit more of an intense fight. Or we now have a way to move forward and to explore different people. I think, you know, the fact that we have Juggernaut on the cover fighting with Firestar in a couple issues. The fact that we know that Rogue is after her. Right. And you also have now, because this issue set up, oh, Emma and Kate are going to do this thing. And now Emma's pulled in this other direction. And now Kate knows that Firestar is her, you know, person on the inside. Maybe that sets up an opportunity for the two of them to work together to take down Orcus. Yeah. 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 Don't say it like that. Yeah. Carriod said that Emma and Tony's fake marriage combines so many fan fiction tropes. I can't. <laughs> it is. It's ridiculous. It's just like a wrong place, wrong time. Oh, no, there's Feilong. Yes, I was falling over with love and, and proposing to my assistant. We did. We got a couple of questions from some folks that we haven't had questions before, and I love to see that. Yeah. Happy to have the input and, and conversation from some new folks. And if if you're listening to this and you want to get in on the conversation, know that we put this up every week yes. on our Instagram stories. Please interact. Share your thoughts. That's what makes this fun. J.R. Matt and D said, of all the reasons to get married, I was not expecting this to be why for Tony and Emma. And Jerome, I completely agree that this was not on my radar of happening. This, this, I mean, political stunt is one thing right. or just something, but this. But like accidental. Wrong place, wrong time. Like, oh no, sorry. I, I fell into a marriage. The I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the Pikachu also wondering if Kate trusted Firestar too quickly, or is the story so weird that it would be weirder as a lie? And I mean, I think that the the desperation that she's giving in that moment of just like, oh, this thing's happened, and I didn't know what to do, and Jean couldn't do anything else with it, and I, I just, please don't kill me. Right, right, exactly. That that's a that's a fantastic point. Like, right. That's a really intense lie to come up with right now while I have my spot. sword in your head. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and I, I'm going to keep bringing it up because I think it's an important thing to note that could have been missed that she does offer to self-sacrifice. And I think that's a big factor in in the decision and in the realization of like, okay, she's telling me the truth. He also said that it seems like Phelong might be trying to get into the Hellfire Club, a future Red King, perhaps? Ew, no, <laughs> he better not be. He probably is trying to, that dirty... Mm. I mean, he's there. 
he's got the power. He's got the influence. He's got the, what does the clout. He think, what does he think he can come up in a place that Tony is a freaking member of, is a, is the black king of, and he's yeah. going to get in? Like, Tony hates your guts. I mean, and get also, out of here. Also, Wilson Fix hates your guts, yeah, too. Go away, Fei Long. He, that's probably 100% what he's trying to do, but it's not going to happen. Trying to whittle, work his way into the inner Ew. circle. Ew, Fei Long. Ew, Fei Long. Pete Woods 86 was kind of disappointed by the Firestar reveal. It's another, you know, it just, it was quick. It was, it was an epic fight and kind of a reserved of Firestar's potential, but yeah. Listen, I respect that. I totally do because I have many moments myself where I feel like, what? That's it? For me, this wasn't one of those moments, but I completely can understand why people are feeling that. Sure. Blonde China's favorite things in the issue is seeing who shows at the Hellfire Club. Who do you think will be popping up in other issues that other than our, our two kings? Also, yikes, Destiny did say that two kings would go to war. Right? The white queen and the black oh or the white king God. and the black king. Blonde China, I love you. Thank you for bringing that up. Ugh. Yes. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be we Tony a, versus Wilson. We need it. We need a murder board of that Destiny prediction. We need it out. We need referencing it every week in Fall of X until we reach all of the predictions. This is Sinister Secrets all over again. I have a whiteboard right here next I to looked, my recording I looked station. right at it. Yep. I'm about to write those things down. Blonde China, yes. He also continues to say that Shadow Cat is the MVP of the Fall of X. Yes. I knew she would Whoop Firestar just for calling her kitty LMAO, <laughs> but did it feel a little quick? I don't know, but the most Gene story ever is an iconic line. And yes. Absolutely. Yeah. It, you know, I think you're not in uh, bad company, uh, people that say that it felt a little quick. And I even, I enjoyed it seemingly more than most, but I do agree. It, it did go rather quickly. This was the first and only confrontation between the two. And it was resolved. Let's let's stick with the main point of the the comment, which is Shadow Cat is the MVP <laughs> of the Fall of X. Ridiculous. <laughs> the accidental proposal is both hilarious and also like, oh, okay, uh, to me, but can't wait for Scott next issue. And especially like what yes. Scott was is gonna think when right. he finds out. The conversation between the two of them, Kate was there to also figure out where Scott is, if he's mm -hmm. alive, because right. they haven't found him. Right. Maddie NKM. Maybe so that's where she's going. When she's like, I something else came up for me. Maybe Firestar sent her info and is like, yo, this because she's like, Me too, Emma. Is she saying she's she too is sorry? Or me too, something else came up. I'ma go find Scott because Firestar gave me some intel. No, I think she is sorry that their potential is not going to happen. Maddie NKM, so the Iron Man proposal was a cover, but why would they follow through on it? Like, is Phalong going to send a wedding gift? Is he going to, you know, show up at Tony's door? Like, hey. It's not about that. Phalong will talk a lot of trash if it doesn't happen, and Phalong will nitpick and be like, why did I see Tony proposing in the dark? Like, he was proposing in a room where no one else would see it. So... Then one person sees it, and then they don't follow through with it. Phalong's going to start asking questions. It's true. It's true. That's my thoughts, anyway. Vader, when Vaderino realized that all of this was just a wedding to keep up appearances, I cackled. It makes perfect sense, and I, for one, am satisfied with this being the reason why. Vaderino, high five. Yeah. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's 
a clever turn from just the, what everybody was saying, what you were saying as well, that are you really going to develop this into a meaningful relationship in a short enough time mm -hmm. that makes sense for this to be a legit marriage from two people that otherwise don't seem to have any interest right. in marriage? Or is there something else at play for it to work? Exactly. Like they're not even, not even are they not interested in each other before this, but they do not seem like, let me settle down and get married types. Yeah, no. Tony splitting half his assets, either of them <laughs> mm -hmm. sharing their things. No, there's going to be, there's going to be some major prenups yeah. in this relationship. One more summer thought X-Men was a letdown. The confrontation between Firestar and Kitty was so whack. No effort whatsoever. Jean could have embedded something telepathically that would let the others know it could have been so much more, which I think is an interesting idea, right? So Jean was dying in her last breath. She even said, like, I wish I could reach out to other people, but it would be cool to have some way for Angelica to prove the legitimacy of her truth of, of mm -hmm. what's going on so that it wouldn't just be like, okay, I guess I trust you, but no, there's, there is this psychic imprint on you from Gene. I don't know how that works or how that mm. reverberates from one non-telepath to another, but that's a well, interesting I'm thought. sure that a telepath could go in and read Firestar's mind and, and recall that interaction Sure, because all that happened was that Gene implanted the memories in stasis and then that triggered stasis to call out Firestar at that moment and say, "Hey, come over here. You've been you've been my mold this whole time." Yeah, yeah. But she didn't change anyone else's memories. Right. You know, it was always just this idea that Firestar was Stasis's undercover, and now this is the moment where Stasis reveals it. So if someone went back and looked in Firestar's mind, they would probably see the entire interaction. Sure, sure. Because Jean said, just pretend. Just now you know. These are the things you need to know. But Play it up. They didn't make her think she had been a mole the whole time. Right. That's all we have for X-Men. Okay. Are you ready to go to the desert and to the island? A little sure. tropical trip? Sure. Immortal X-Men. Are you sad that this is the last book? Are you sad that this is the, the book no, of the week? No, I'm or? not. I'm, it's not It's not the book of the week. It's, it's not your book of the week. It's a book of the week, oh. but it is not the book of the week for Salty. me. Okay, anyway, look at this cover. Look at this feral zombie wolverine. Terrifying. Yes, quite scary. I mean, so I thought that this was one of the captured Orcus sentinel bits mm -hmm. the one with the meat on it as they referred the monkeys referred to it but i was not expecting what it actually was dun 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 here we go page turn noise celine celine oh my god celine eater of men oh my god i just love this that she's like yeah whatever i'm gonna eat you hello boys like why be clean when you can just eat people's faces why mm -hmm. use telepathy when you can suck the information out of their souls and kill them in the process I because they're orcas goons who cares who cares i'm just gonna eat them it's not that big of a deal these were the preview pages and you know sorry for the metaphor continuing they are delicious it <laughs> is just amazing I love Lucas Wernock. I love his oh, art. Yeah. I just I this this relationship between these two, they're so terrible. They're on their own paths. They want what they want, but they're also they have a history and they're used to working together and they're willing to do that. Mm-hmm. So Shaw's here. Shaw's That's who here. we're talking about. Shaw is the other half of this pair, and Celine gives you 
the breakdown. No, there, there's no tampering. Everyone didn't have anything amiss or arrive. It's, it's just someone who's good. Someone very good indeed. Ah, Xavier, excellent. Xavier, we can deal with. Title page. But we must feed. Thirst things first. Written by Karen Gillan, art by Paco Medina, colors David Curiel, letters Clayton Coles. This is Clayton Coles. Mark Brooks on the cover. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love the covers, Mark. So ready for next issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Out on a boat, preparing for Krakoa. Hey, Shaw, he he builds things. I don't know if you knew that. He's a oh little, yeah, he's a builder of things. He dabbles in. A little electronics creation, but also a builder of nations. I built Krakoa. Get out of here, you delusional twit. (laughs) You sat there and did black market dealings. That's all you did, and you did them poorly. Listen, Shaw gonna Shaw, okay? Listen, serfs, this is important to me. (laughs) The external gate is what Selene is after, and she wants... She wants back. them bones back. So she can bring back her coven, her friends, her, her the people that she has grown attached to. Shaw wants Xavier's brain, which I think is interesting. I think is a, a detail. I, I love the, the back and forth about, do you really think that uh, Orcus is going to be okay with the fact that you don't want to kill Xavier? Listen, Orcus, shut up. I'm taking his brain. Yeah. He's mine. I'm a human now. I, I'm a part of this, right? Remember last issue? He lost his mutant right. powers. He's not a mutant anymore. He's going to be doing... You. There's so much you can learn from Xavier's brain. Why would you just destroy that? I love our connection. This narration from Celine talking about bursting his bubble and telling him that this wasn't Orcus's plot. The fact that everyone disappeared. They were meant to go to Arako. That they was really not. really wanted them there. Right. That was not their plan. They have no idea where all the mutants went either. And where are they? In the desert. In the desert. Nowhere. No when. Kind of know where they are. At least. Exodus is using his cosmic power to absorb all the water from the air all around them. And. That is an intense display of telekinesis. To. Well, He's an Omega-level telekinetic. Right, and he has his power is amplified when people believe in him, and, and he has all these everyone. mutants believing in him. This is his church. Yeah. This man is at the top of his game right now. Destiny's not fully on board. Destiny has hated everything for years. She just doesn't like it if it has nothing to do with her and Mystique. <laughs> just the, the joy, the rejoicing of people as they gather around this pool. The fact that he is able to gather water and produce water in a desert this right. is an amazing display that's a big deal the the planning the plotting to play off of each other's powers to have hope do it sometimes him do it sometimes see how else can we work with this really getting to know everybody in this group of a quarter of a million mutants and how they could all work together well we have a diary entry yeah. <laughs> Destiny's Diary of the Krakoan Diaspora, Day 9. We have nothing. All of the things, we have none of them. In, no food, no water, no shelter, no security. In detail. And I do like the fact that the details talk about how they as a people are working together, that they are finding a, a reason to survive together. This is probably the most connected that this many mutants has been 
Yeah. This is the promise of Krakoa right here, actually banding together, playing off each other's strengths, coming together as a mutant people, and following the one true leader, Exodus. Exodus. Shout out to little Kafka. Kafka, who is much smaller than we have previously seen him, and he's taking on a shift watching for monsters. Mm-hmm. We don't know what's out here. And... <laughs> we see what's out here. Logan slashing at Mother Righteous? But, like, how? Did How'd she you get, get these... here? How did she get these Logans? I, did, I don't know. Are they hers? I don't think they're hers. I have so many questions. Sure. About the Logans. Yeah. Where are they that from? That are unanswered. Yeah. But I also don't enjoy that Mother Righteous is here. That feels not good. Yeah. I don't think I enjoy it from a story perspective, but I'm wary. Sure, right. Kafka is freaking out about the fact that Logan is coming for us. He's coming for us. Who? Uh, Mr. Logan. Mr. Logans. There are four of them slashing through. Mm-hmm. As Exodus again complete control over his abilities displaying this protection of the, for the people just logan fireworks in the sky popping them off <laughs> kafka's upset right uh, we're dying out here we're not made for this i can barely fly i got stabbed a bit i oh my god i'm standing in front of an eight foot angel don't pop me don't pop me i only pop beasts okay i don't pop the good guys i'm exodus look at him though he's so tiny Yes, yeah. And Mother Righteous is here. And what is she going to say? Oh, my God, my favorite. The ac- Oh, my God, that accent. Is Mother Righteous here? <laughs> <laughs> the one and only. Destiny realizing who has joined their group. And Mother Righteous is, is coming out, coming in hot. She's saying, I'm a mutant. I'm yeah. one of you. She has a big secret. Destiny cannot see what's going on with Mother Righteous. But she's never really been able to see what's going on with Mother Righteous. That's because she's got entirely too much information and control beyond the mortal realm. The the magics that she's pulling. The influence from the Sinister Timeline. From all the other work that she's done over the years. And she's so sassy. She's like, well, do you guys want to go back to your city or my city? <laughs> Where is your city, right? Do you, you guys, guys have a city? And, and not to overlook the fact that Hope does confirm that she has a mutant gift. It, it's really diffused. Like Legion's gift, but microscopic. Many gifts, none of them solid. So a lot of little things, which someone had a really great prediction as to what that might mean Ooh. in the comments. Ooh, I'm excited to hear that. I love a good prediction. We're getting this narration from Celine transitioning us back towards... So she is our title character. She is our point of focus. Not really a... Uh, an exploration of her character, but more a guide, guide through, through the, the parts, story, right? Yes. Talking about undoing Apocalypse's magic to return to her the fraternity of externals that had been taken. <laughs> this idea, this reluctance for feelings for these people, but she spent so long with them. Ugh, ugh, feelings. Come on. Gross. Oh, who's walking out of the trees? Xavier. <laughs> Shout out to Galetta Grafico. That made me laugh out loud. So loud. He, he commented that on the No More post that I had put up on, what was that, Thursday? And maybe Friday? I don't know. It's just Xavier. Listen, I'm here for Xavier's beard. I'm not quite sure how Xavier got so buff. So buff. And someone else pointed out on that post, just like, how is the beard so trimmed and sculpted? Right. 
Like, he looks way too put together to be starving on an island by himself. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But this... But he's mad. This essentially silent page as the standoff between the two and then the aftermath as the rib cage yeah. ripped through the body, the head, the limbs decapitated. This is not Xavier as we have known him ever before. It's Xavier turning into an evil villain. It is like Onslaught vibes. This is... He's P.O.'d. He said it again. No, no more. more. I told you the first time. I tell you again. I was crying back then, but now I'm determined. I'm sitting here on my beach and if you come for me i'll rip your ribs off seriously come at me shaw this is another reference to his telekinetic ability mm-hmm. something that was not really known and or confirmed up until jonathan hickman in that issue of inferno showing off that massive display of power as he took apart pieces of nimrod mm. and now we're here we're back at mother righteous's city which happens to be what Atlantic Krakoa. Wow. Now we know Mother Righteous is full of it. This is the island that she captured during the Hellfire Gala. Took we, into her orb. We We know. know sure. The yeah, the reader. reader. Yeah, the people These have no idea. Folks, look at this. It's the, Krakoa, the Atlantic Krakoa, the promised land. The joy on Hope's face. Ugh, y'all are being swindled. Yeah. Thank you, Mother Righteous. But Exodus, he says... It's not over. Be careful what you wish for. The testing has barely begun. The the fact that he specifically uses, and soon, Revelation, Apocalypse's new moniker that he adopted in that Horseman of Apocalypse one-shot. And then, who it be? Apocalypse himself. And he's got... I don't understand it. I don't know where you're getting these Logans, why you got a phoenix on a chain, how'd you get that gene, what What are you doing, Apocalypse? You left, you went off into an adventure, but what'd you do, bop around multiple timelines? How Maybe. did you get these? Maybe. You know, did he use the Okara Gate seed to go to alternate timelines to get the phoenix to get Jean in her original phoenix outfit i don't like that she's on a leash like this no it's definitely not it's very good... job of the hut vibes right <sighs> the desert is also the home of satan this this like classic egyptian inspired apocalypse with that beard adornment yeah. Yeah. whatever you want to call that i don't know i'm not a historian i only play one at mutant events <laughs> It's 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 a lot. It it's was a, a huge it's reveal. Crazy. Like, this is the uh, to J.R. Matindy's point last week. You know, the, what's the last page that makes me really curious about what's to come? That's what makes me confirm that. Yeah, yeah. No, this makes sense as the book of the week for the people. <laughs> <laughs> Looks off to the side, hands in the air. Well, you know, I don't know. It's not mine. One page versus a whole book. To each their own. Rise again, our Krakoan, for the next issue. I love the change in approach that Immortal has done while still retaining its perspective character, right? We're we're following up on two core stories, but we have so many council members involved that we're able to still play with that idea of your one character telling the story. Even though Celine is not with the other story. She has a way in and right. a way out. Right. And it 
you know, we've been wondering, like, when is Apocalypse going to come back? How is he going to come back? What's going to happen? And, like, he's a council member. So oh, yeah. this makes so much sense. Yeah. He will likely be our perspective character next issue. We will get so much information, I'm hoping, about that, what's going on. That'll be a book of the week. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, how is Immortal X-Men not book of the week? If Shadowcat's involved, though, it's questionable. <laughs> Celine's monologue giving it the framework of the story with shot while also connecting to Mother Wretched. I have so many questions about Apocalypse at the end. Is this is this our revelation? Is it yeah, is that our apocalypse or is that another apocalypse? Where are these other friends from and what is he up to? Friends. Testing that's cute that yeah, you call yeah, them yeah. friends. Testing to winnow the weak and make the strong is right up his alley, and it seems he's boosted his crew considerably. Is Exodus in on it? Is he aware of Apocalypse's no. presence? I don't know, right? So he is telepathic in some way, I believe. And Apocalypse is as well. Is I I think Exodus is also not, he's an Omega telekinetic, but I believe he also has telepathy. Yeah, he's usually looped into the telepaths yeah, yeah, yeah. of the group. He, because of the, uh, I remember now in Judgment Day. Mm-hmm. He's got so many powers. <sighs> what were your thoughts? What, what did you think? I thought it was a good issue. I really enjoyed it. I, I think that reveal at the end is bananas. I think Mother, Mother Righteous being involved is a sneaky little twist, which makes me very nervous. And, you know, it's interesting to see the development of Xavier. I don't know if I'm fully on board with it. Like, I get it that he feels really wronged, and now he's turning into this, like... Dark, brooding Xavier. Dark, yeah, I, I think mentally I understand the development. Physically, I don't understand the development. I love it. I love it so much. I mean, so it's much. very similar, right? Like, if you look at the death and destruction of the way that he treats Orcus soldiers to what Kate is doing as Shadowcat, like, those two things are very similar. And I, I get, I'm i here for that. I'm here for destroying Orcus, ripping their bones out of their body. You know, I'm, I'm all about it. But I'm, I'm just kind of sitting back and watching what happens with his particular arc. Like, where is he going to go as a character? I yeah. really like seeing... Celine and Shaw and their element together and their sort of like seedy business practices while, where they're like, yeah, we have this mission from Morgus, but we're going to do it our way and we don't really care what happens in the mix because we're Shaw and Celine and we do what we want. Yeah. So those, this book did a really nice job of showing us what is going on from so many perspectives. We checked in with so many council members in this story. We have Exodus, Hope, Destiny, uh, Apocalypse, Shaw, Celine, and Xavier. That's seven out of the 12 council members in one book. But and, and I never felt like we hung out with one for too long. And Apocalypse isn't technically of that 12 core group because he did leave and was replaced right. by... But what? he was once a council right, right, member. Right, sure, 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 right, right, right. Okay, right. Warlion thinks that Fall of X should be renamed to the Clone Wars, as we have Maddie and Dark X-Men, this Gene and Immortal, and Logans left, right, everywhere. The Clone Wars. The, the top of our episode, how many Logans are too many Logans? There's never too many. Too many bubs. Too many bubs in the kitchen. I'm Red X Baby wants to know why Mother Righteous is lying. Now, if true... <laughs> Rebecca, a mutant? Question mark. I mean, that's just kind of what she does. <laughs> she Why lies to manipulate. Why lying? Because that's who Mother Righteous is. Yeah. Jai Rivero bringing up something that a couple of other people picked on. Are these lost mutants in Amenth, where Apocalypse oh, was? Right. Oh. 
Did Orcus or Mother Righteous fudge with the gate? So it was definitely Mother Righteous. She had been playing with, I went back yeah, to an Immortal X-Men, just and... trying to, magic portals connecting the world. How can we utilize this? Shrinking down Krakoa Atlantic into an orb. So she could take it with her. Take it with her and send everyone there. She is basically trying to usurp Exodus as the, the church leader of She's this group. She's the puppeteer yeah. this whole time. Bill on Twitter had a similar theory about this being an Amenthi callback. Like, is this where they are ending up? It's- that would make a lot of sense. I think that's a great observation and, and like nice detail catching. Yeah, yeah. Fletwin with the call that Mother Righteous's scan was actually all their powers reflected back to them, right? Because they're all in her orb. So Hope was sensing everyone's individual of the 250,000. Oh. Which is amazing my as a pickup, God. right? That is so sick. Like, so cool. So so because she has all of that as power, as part of her energy, as part of her power, as part of like her entourage she's of orbs. She's a mutant by proxy. Right. Because she's gathered all this power. And she's inside her orb that they're also all inside, which is in Krakoa. But where is that orb also in Amanth? Amanth, or are they all that's the that's the I don't know wonky but that is such a cool good read like yeah I'm super into that theory Barusu33 wants to know if they're planting the seed that Celine and Shaw will have conflict when their goals don't match up oh yeah those two are not gonna be friends for long no and uh, I think uh, Celine's gonna take Shaw down and I can't wait to see absolutely it. and I wonder what Eat Shaw him. Thinks he has up his sleeve to be able to prevent it, but you know, then also the fact that he just seems to be in love with Celine, so right. he's here for it. But like, my concern is what happens to Shaw when Celine eats him, since he's no longer a mutant. Does he like ever get resurrected, or will that be the end of time for Shaw? We'll see. I mean, it'll be the end of time, maybe for the Krakoan era, and then who knows what's on the other side. Sadness in the face. Mm, JP yeah. Didomazo asking, what is going on in the desert? What is going on with Mother Righteous? She's a mutant? I, she's a big fat liar. What I is think. going on with Mother Righteous is the thesis statement of the last like six <laughs> months. <laughs> Who is this woman and what why the are, heck is she doing? Why is she the king of bad people? It's a great question. Baku Blade can't wait to see Mother Righteous get taken down. I think Legion might show up if she actually does, right? So that that standoff in, what was that, Sons of X, mm. that one shot the before the fall, where yeah. he took himself off the board because she wanted to use him and his power for her ultimate plan? Yeah, Legion, Legion is going to come back. He's got to come back. He couldn't just leave and be like, I'm out. Like, there's something. Yeah. Curls wants to know if that was our apocalypse in the big reveal. That outfit was cool, but it just didn't seem like him. Right. right. I agree. It seemed very not our apocalypse. Very different from the last time we saw him. But that also could have been the forging of his journey as he's recruiting other people. Yeah. I am sort of approaching whatever is next for apocalypse with caution sure because i don't know if i fully trust it right no, now no neither do i i also am, am wary of the fact that like is he embracing his wife's methodology right right one more summer calling that we need more celine lol i wish she had a confrontation with xavier which oh yeah that oh, would that's be epic. coming yeah I, that has it's to be got coming. to be she's not gonna stay on that boat forever no 
She's going to watch those goons get destroyed over and over again, and she's going to have to take matters into her own hands. Shaw's going to be like, no, don't do it. And she's going to be like, shut up, Shaw, and just kill him and then go out and take on Xavier. Yeah, left and right. The Pikachu saying that we're starting to see Xavier's new lease on life or lack of regard for it. His TK getting stronger. What's next? What's next is he's going to go full Magneto and then just kill kill all these terrible humans. Kill the humans. I love it. He also points out that if Exodus successfully leads the mutants out of this, how insanely powerful will he become? Because he gets stronger as people believe in right, him. Right, right. Well, we- it's, yep. it's going to be interesting because... Right now, Exodus is leading them, right? And he's their savior, and they're all amping him up. But now you've got Mother Righteous in the mix, and I feel like there's going to be tension because she actually has the quote-unquote promised land. She actually is the one who led them there, not Exodus. Well, yeah, he kept kept it together, right? He did, he did, but I could feel people's... I could see an an opportunity for people's allegiances to shift. And then does he still actually have the strength that he's gained from their belief in him. I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, the Pikachu was also going on to wonder, do we think Exodus is more likely to side with Mum Righteous or Apocalypse, if that's even the real Apocalypse? Ooh, I yeah. feel like he's going to side with Apocalypse. If he had to choose, yeah, he's choosing right, right, Apocalypse. Right. He's, he's choosing Apocalypse just because they have history, also former council member who has history and loves Krakoa, loves the island nations. Yeah. Pete Woods 86 asking the the question on all of our minds from the start. What are all these Wolverines? Yes, exactly. The fact that they they don't have the legitimate nature of a true Logan, as Exodus points out, you know, I think a lot of things are swirling in my head. This this idea that like these are these alternate universe versions, are these different time point versions, are and, and then I start to think about that new X-Men logo. Right. Right. So the, that was this very Age of Apocalypse looking. Very Age of Apocalypse. Very. OK, so are these just dog clones? He calls them like w- dogs. Right. And isn't that isn't the look that Apocalypse is wearing more similar to what he looks like in Age of Apocalypse? Like a little bit more of that Egyptian vibe? Um, Yes and no. So he he definitely has a different look, and it's more regal in Age of Apocalypse. But this it's not super Egyptian. It's not super Egyptian stylized, and he does have. I mean, I I guess it, it just has a lot more in terms of like cape and stature mm-hmm. and power. I don't know. We shall see. It's interesting. Vaderino championing some really excellent character moments for Celine here, considering she ditched the Eternals so she could live back when the gate was made. This is an interesting about face. Also, what in the slave Leia is going on in that last panel? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Here for more Celine content, absolutely. And wondering if... Because so Vaderino's calling back to the fact that during the lead up to Ten of Swords, Selene basically switched sides and went to Apocalypse's side mm-hmm. and, and backed his plan to use their bones to form this gate. And then later animated that gate and was like, if I can't have it, you can't have it. Yeah. That's interesting. We'll, we'll see this play out in the next issue or two. I'm excited. Selene. Selene. That's it. That's Those a are. great week of comics. That really, it was. Yeah, it really was. It's just, 
so many good stories. So many good stories. So many things going on. Yeah, we have a big week next week too. Oh, Jiminy Crickets. But it's what is it? Almost entirely actually all of the legit issues. I have one maybe on the list. Okay. Hit me. What do we got? All Fall of X. We have Astonishing Iceman number two. X Force forty four. <gasps> Children of the Vault number two. And X-Men Red, number 15. Ooh, ah. X-Men Red. Ooh, Children of the Vaults, I'm actually pretty excited I'm actually about. really excited. That, that is in the order of my excitement. <laughs> at least just on a quick react. But the questionable one is the Venom Annual. Continuing oh, the Contest of Chaos, which isn't really something that I'm what following. Because what happens with Princess? What happens with Princess? What happens with Deadpool? It's Deadpool versus Venom. I feel like you would love that. Uh, yeah, I'm going to read that. It's written by Alyssa Wong. I got to get that. You going to get that for me? Maybe. Maybe you have to go to no, the comic shop. No, come on. You're going to get that for me? We'll see. Chris, <laughs> I need that in the box. That's well, it. good times, everybody. Good times. Until Great next time, old friend. No more. Charles. Charles. I'm not Charles anymore. I'm Xavier. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us today on the Ex-Wife Podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and tell your friends. The Ex-Wife Podcast is produced in Providence, Rhode Island by Alicia and Justin. Our music is by Quan. 